So a man is uh, sitting through service at a church for the first time, visiting this new local church in his area and decided he'd show up. And the topic um, of the sermon that day was about healing and miracles, right? And after the service, there was an invitation for him to, um, for anybody to come forward for prayer, for any prayer needs that you may have. And this man for, that's visiting for the first time gets up and walks up to the front. He's in line. And finally, he gets to the pastor. And the pastor says, well, what do you need prayer for? And the man says, well, for my hearing. Immediately, the pastor places his hands on the ears of the man in front of him and prays with a passion for God's healing power to come and, and heal this man and his hearing. And he moves his hands off. And he says, well, how is your hearing now? And the man replied, I don't know. My hearing isn't until next week. Uh, Right. Right, we're, we're starting a new series today called Teach Us How. Right, we're going to be discussing some of these. Uh, Patrick's laugh is just so great, isn't it? Um, I'm trying like, just to move forward, otherwise I'll be laughing. Uh, but, but we're in this new series called Teach Us How, and we're going to be in it for um, about a month or so. And we're going to be discussing some of the basic things of Christianity and how to actually do them. Um, I was thinking that it's you know, it's probably difficult for us to have this simple obedience that we're focused on this year without knowing how to do the simple things of Christianity. And um, so we're going to talk, you know, we talk often about prayer, reading your Bible, discipleship, and all those type of things. But we're going to take time in this series to actually talk about each one and what does it mean and how to do it and uh, make sure that we have some practical application for it as well. Um, Because how can you be of simple obedience when you don't know what we're even supposed to be doing? And uh, today we're going to focus on how to pray. Um, I've noticed, you know, just in general that there's a lot of, a lot of uncomfortableness when it comes to praying, especially praying out loud and uh, around other people. And I hope after today that you will feel more confident in your prayers. I think there's a, a couple of reasons people are afraid to pray, especially when other people can hear them. And I think the first is because they don't know the official language of prayer, the King James Version, right? Uh, you know, and all those language rules like thee before thou, except after thine. And, uh, but, but the reality is, it, there is no official language of prayer, okay? And more seriously, though, I think that people are afraid to pray because they've heard other people pray. And they've heard these sometimes elaborate prayers or language and words used that they don't know what it means. And that's scary to follow up because, like, well, how am I supposed to pray if I don't know these things, right? And secondly, I think people are a little nervous to pray because they haven't been taught how. And people just expect you to know. And we're going to be in Matthew 6 today if you want to turn there in your Bible app or your uh, paper Bible and follow along. But this was also an issue in Jesus' time. So if you're uncomfortable praying or unsure of how to do it, that's okay. Um, that's why we're here today. In the Gospel of Luke, um, verse, chapter 11, verse 1, I know we're going to be in Matthew 6. We'll be there in just a second. Um, but it says, Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, and as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. This is a disciple that had been following Jesus, that seen Jesus pray and, and do all these things that was like, hey, I, I want to learn how to pray and things. And first, before we get anywhere, if you have questions about things that we do here or how to do it or what does that mean, talk to somebody, ask somebody, especially somebody you see doing it, just like this disciple saw Jesus praying and said, Jesus, teach me to do what you're doing. All right, feel free, and this should be a safe place for you to ask those questions, and no one is going to make fun of you because you don't know, or things like, we want to help you grow. 
they asked Jesus, teach them to pray like John the Baptist did. I don't know if they're, they're asking to pray like John the Baptist or be taught like John um, taught. Either way, they were uncomfortable and they wanted to know how. This also, you know, last week we talked about our community and how we need more travel guides and less travel agents. People that are willing to come in and come alongside people and walk through the journey with them. And, you know, some of these things that we're going to talk about, like, we're going to hit on kind of a piece of it today. But you're probably going to want to know more and, and to grow more in that. And so you need to find somebody who could be your travel guide and say, hey, walk through life with me and teach me how to do these things. And be a travel guide to somebody as well. Find someone who's like, hey, I see that that you have more to learn about your faith, and I think I could help you with that, and get them to walk alongside you. What most people knew was what they saw the Pharisees doing, and, and the Pharisees made it sound like this exclusive thing that only they can do, and we see that in Matthew 6, um, verses 5 through 8. Jesus says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray in publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them, right? So this is, he, he realized that they, they, only saw Pharisees praying, and they didn't know how to have a relationship and have this prayer with God because they saw these Pharisees who were really well-educated. And it makes me feel that they probably felt some of those same things of, I can't pray like them. They pray a long time. They, they pray with all these big words I don't know, so I don't think I can pray. And God, Jesus says, don't, you don't need to be like that. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself and shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. And verse 7 says, when you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. God just wants us to talk to him. He doesn't need it to be a show. It doesn't need to be long. It doesn't need to be filled with big words. Jesus himself called that babbling, right? That's what God is like, man, come on, get to the point, you know, like, I already know. God already knows what we need and what we're going to tell him, but he just wants us to be in that communication. As Jesus said, when it comes to prayers just between you and him, do it in private, right? You don't need to be shouting it out loud around everyone else so people could see how great of a prayer person you are. Like, that's not benefit for anybody. Actually, for that person who's praying out loud in front of everybody else, it says your reward is that, that people go, wow, that has some great prayers. You know, I'm like, man, that's not the reward I want. I want my prayers answered, you know. And so when it's just relate things between you and him, go do it in private. Now, that doesn't mean that there's not a place for prayers in public, right? We're asked often in scripture to pray for people, to pray together. Those things are in the Bible. Jesus and his disciples prayed for healing and more for people in public. I grew up in church. Um, I know some of you guys know most of my testimony, but my dad is a, a pastor, and he's a really godly man, but he also really loves to hear himself pray, I think. Um, all that to say is he's roughly the king of long prayers. I don't know if you guys experienced that last week. There's times that I'm like, is he still praying? You know, like, dozed in and out a little bit, had lunch, came back. No, and, um, but, but he doesn't do it for a show. You can tell when you hear it, it's just, it's like when you uh, run into a friend and, and you just start talking and you, you're like, wow, how did the time fly so fast? Like my dad's relationship with God, it was just like, he's just talking because he's like, I like to talk to this guy. And, and he just, it just flows out of him. And then before long, you're like, dad, my food's cold and we were just supposed to bless it. And, uh, <laughs> but growing up, I also thought I had to be that person. 
you know, it, it, for me at the time, it wasn't, when I was younger, it wasn't coming out of a place of, like, I just love to talk with God. It was, I have to pray long because that's what my dad does as a pastor. He must be the most spiritual person. I need to pray really long and, uh, you know, use the right Christianese language and stuff. And then um, after I graduated, I moved to Des Moines and, and was a part of a discipleship group called Master's Commission. And I had a friend in that group, and his name was Tim. And uh, Tim, one of the first times, so every morning we had worship together, um, just with like a CD, we'd all pray, and um, or we'd all worship, and then we'd gather and to pray for the day, and different people led, kind of picked the songs and kind of led that morning time, and when it was Tim's uh, time to do that, and he prayed our ending prayer, he said, uh, hey God, uh, it's, it's me, Tim, and he probably said Timo or something, because he was a little bit weird, but um, he said, it's me, Timo, and, and we're excited to talk to you this morning. Because you're amazing, and uh, we're, we're thankful for the time we had to worship you, because you deserve that. And uh, we just ask that you be with us today when we work on our stuff. I love you, God. Amen. And I was, like, kind of blown away by the simplicity, to be honest. I was like, I could have I prayed a better prayer. Way longer, for sure, you know? And, uh, but it felt real. It felt authentic. It felt like, this is like the first real prayer I've ever heard. I kind of like walking away from that because it literally felt like he was just talking to a friend. And that's how God wants us to talk to him is just as a friend. You don't need special words or language or to talk a lot or little. It doesn't matter. You're just talking to a friend, someone that you're comfortable with. So what do we talk to him about? Well, Jesus continued in Matthew 6, 19, 13. He says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. To God be the glory and honor and power forever. Amen. A lot of you probably have this memorized, especially silver soldiers. You guys end every, every meeting with this prayer. Who's Father? Just kidding. Um, all right. But uh, that's like one of my favorite things. And this is known as the Lord's Prayer because Jesus being our Lord, this was his prayer. And while I don't think this is a bad thing to pray word for word, I don't think Jesus's intention was for us to repeat directly this prayer. And again, like, not that it's a bad thing to do that. If you really mean the words of this prayer, it can and will change and affect your life. But I believe when Jesus was bringing this up, it was a general outline for us to pray. Again, he was wanting to teach these people how, how to pray. Right? And we know that Jesus didn't just pray this prayer only. Like throughout scripture, we see him praying multiple different things. And we see his disciples praying other things. It wasn't like they're like, Jesus, could you pray for our meal? And he was like, our Father who art in heaven. You know, or Jesus, can you pray for healing for this person? Our Father who art in heaven. You know, there was, there was different prayers. And it, but so this was just one of those outlines of things that we, we should pray and how we should pray. And this outline is something like this. First, we praise him. We start off with talking about things that makes him so great. Then we invite him into our things, or we invite him and his things into our things, into our day and our situation, because it's like, I don't, I don't want to do anything apart from God. So, okay, I, God, you're great, and because you're great, I need you in my day. Then we ask for the things we need, and we try and keep them within God's will. I think that's important if uh, we want to see it happen in our lives. We ask forgiveness because I'm for sure, like, we need it. I, every day when I pray, I'm asking for forgiveness because I know that I'm not always perfect. I know you guys may think different. I'm just kidding. I know you don't. Um, we ask for help 
so that we can forgive other people. And then we finish with more of God's awesomeness. And there's kind of two reasons that we finish that way. First is because he deserves it, obviously. But it's also so that we can be reminded of how awesome he is, how much bigger he is than our problems. Right? When we end our prayer talking about all the, the negative things in our life that we're asking for help for, we'll probably walk away from that prayer time stuck on all the negative. Oh, man, yeah, I prayed for all this stuff today, and today is going to be horrible. I have all these things going on. But if you end your prayer with being reminded of how great God is, you walk away going, my God is going to take care of these things today. He's going to take care of me. He's going to be with me today. And then we say amen. And do you know why we say amen? Because if you said a woman, it wouldn't get done, right? Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, uh, uh, kidding. See, I, I have to ask forgiveness for things a lot, okay? Um, just kidding. I don't, that's not even in my notes, so I probably took it out at some point because I was like, I shouldn't say that. But here I am, and asking for forgiveness. Again, would you forgive me? Don't kill me. Uh, <laughs> all right, all right. So um, the word amen means so be it. We had a pastor, the pastor during, yeah, uh, during Master's Commission, Pastor Mike Lombard, he ended every service with so be it, but like a deeper, cooler voice that I don't have. But it comes from this Hebrew word meaning truth, but it's like it's faithful, it's firm. And when you say amen, it's like I put it in God's hands, and now for sure it will be cared for. Truth, it, it's, it is what it is, so be it. Right? And now I don't have to worry about it now. It's literally taking that and saying, God, here's all the things I placed into your hands today. So be it. Now it's not my problem. I'm walking away. It's all God's stuff, and I'm just going to go about my day. So why should we pray? Because this is what God wants from us. Philippians 4, 6-7, and NIV says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Many people stop at the beginning of this verse where it says, do not be anxious about anything. And they think there's a period there. Right? And so when you're feeling anxious, people are like, hey, the scripture, Bible says don't be anxious. Right? Yes, but no. No, it's not really what it's saying there. Right? Because it continues. The verse really says, be anxious about everything, but do it correctly. Right? And how do we do it correctly is through prayer, through bringing our petitions to the Lord. And we come with thanksgiving about every situation we're in before God. We take it to him. God, there's this going on. There's this going on. I'm thankful for the life you've given me, for the breath you've given me. I'm thankful for this horrible situation that somehow you're going to bring me through for your, you know, your glory or whatever it looks like. And then the peace of God comes into us. Because again, amen, so be it. Once I put it on God, I don't need to carry it. In every situation, pray, thanking God for whatever situation you're in and for whatever outcome you may see, good or bad. God wants to hear about it, and he's waiting to hear about it. Psalm 139, 17 through 18, it says, How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. Right? It's um, kind of a little bit creepy that Jesus is still there watching you sleep all the time, right? Um, <laughs> You know, I, I babysat, or dog sat, I guess, because it wasn't a baby, but my aunt's dog, and I was this little fluffy, one step bigger than a rat, and uh, 
I didn't really care for this dog, but I like needed money, and so I'm watching her dog while she went on a trip, and um, this dog would get on my chest while I was sleeping and just stare at me in the face, and so I would open my eyes from this weird heaviness like on my face, and there's just a dog like staring at me, and I threw that dog against the wall like so many times, it was still alive, and uh, but, but this kind of Jesus, like, I want you to talk with me. I'm going to hang out with you all the way till you fall asleep. And then I'm going to be there when you wake up to hear about everything. He's constantly waiting for us to come to him and have this connection, this communication that is prayer. He's thinking about us more than anyone ever. This whole chapter of Psalm 139 is amazing. But if you really want to see your prayer life change, you have to spend time talking with God. Right? Think about the first time you hung out with whoever is your best friend now, before they were your best friend or maybe your spouse. I bet there were some awkward conversations and some moments. You know, some small talk that you didn't, you're like, oh, I don't know what to talk to this guy about. And so you just start talking. And um, maybe, maybe the first time you hung out, you talked a ton. But then the next time you got together, you're like, I actually have no idea who this person is and I don't know what to talk about. But eventually, just like they're your best friend or your spouse now and you can talk openly about whatever, that's how your relationship with God will become the more you spend time in prayer with him. And the cool thing about it is eventually you'll start to know his voice, just like you do your best friend or your spouse. And there's nothing greater than that. Prayer is really this conversation between you and God, and that means in your prayer time, you also need to leave moments for him to speak to you. That verse in Psalm 139 says he has countless thoughts about you. Don't you think he wants to share them with you? Right? I think of... a. Uh, Maybe like kindergarten, first grade kid who has countless thoughts and can't keep them inside his head, you know, and just, wow, and they just talk and talk and talk. I'm sure you've met a kid like that. Maybe if you haven't met the kid, you were the kid. Um, all right, but it, I feel like that's kind of God. He's like, I got all of these thoughts. I want to talk to you. And, and we often run into the conversation. We're like, God, hey, we're great. You're great. You're great. I love you. Help me. Forgive me. All this stuff. Anyways, peace. Have a good day. So be it. And God's like, Bye, you know, and uh, then he waits for you while you sleep, you know, um, but you got to give time for God to, to talk, to speak back, you know, especially when you're like, God, can you, can you help me with this today? Maybe he has a way to help you, and you walk away without ever even hearing how he could help you, right? Take the time in your car to see if God is speaking. You, you can have a prayer conversation with God all day long, and you should. That, that you open it in the morning and you take some time. God, speak to me. What are, what's going on? You know, what are your thoughts about this situation or this thing in my life? And then, then you know, okay, that's cool, God. And then you hop into your car to head to work and you, you pray a little bit there and you sit in silence. And even in silence, maybe you're not hearing something. When you're still together and you're giving room for him to talk, that is still prayer. I remember when Victoria and I, when we were dating and engaged um we lived three hours away from each other she lived in kansas city and i was in council bluffs and we would talk on the phone most nights um, probably every night and uh, you know often we'd fall asleep on the phone Aww. you know and uh <laughs> but i remember waking up at times and realizing we were both asleep for however long it was but i didn't hang up my phone right i just put it back on my ear somehow and uh fell back asleep because Though we weren't talking, it was still the only connection we could have, right? Mm, I know. 
I was, I was a good fiance. Um, but <laughs> prayer is that same type of connection with God, right? It, it, it doesn't have to be talking and it doesn't have to be listening. It just needs to be sitting and being together. And that prayer is that connection, the communication that we can have. Jesus continued talking about prayer a chapter over in Matthew 7, 7 through 11. And he says this about prayer. He says, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. You parents, if your, chi- if your children ask for a loaf of bread, would you give them stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, would you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? God wants to answer our prayers. And he wants to give you the best gift, the best response, the best answer to those prayers. Right? Sometimes our prayers will not be answered in the way that we want. Sometimes it's just, hey, no, that's not good for you right now. Maybe later. Or it comes in a way that we weren't expecting. Right? Just like when you asked your things from your parents growing up and they didn't get it for you. Um, you know, maybe it's because it would be bad or dangerous for you to have. Or maybe they were saving up for something better. Or what they were providing for you was shelter and food and things and they didn't have money for it. You know, not that God is limited in that way, but sometimes God's like, hey, the best I, that you need in your life right now is what you have. And what I'm already doing for you. Because God is a good father, and he wants to answer our prayers. So what about prayers that feel like they've been unanswered, or at least not in the way that we ask? I think that there's many reasons that we don't see our prayers answered, and um, I want to talk about a few of those things in ways that we can kind of increase our chances, you know, of prayers being answered, so to speak. Um, first off is praying things that are within God's will. And you may say, well, I don't know what God's will is for my life. But you should. Romans 12.2 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Right? And I think there's things that we pray for that we know, this probably isn't what I need in my life. And it's probably not within God's will for my life right now. And those prayers probably go unanswered because you know better, God knows better, right? But there's prayers that we can pray that we know this is things that God wants in my life. John 15, 7, Jesus says, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. Right? Because the more you are a part of Jesus, the more his desires and our desires will be aligned. And therefore our prayers will be within his will. You can also pray scriptures. Because we know that they're true, and we know that they are within God's will. There are prayers recorded in your Bible by all sorts of different people, from Jesus to other leaders to, you know, different people throughout the Old Testament. A lot of Psalms is just prayers. You can look up the word um, apostolic prayers, and you'll find many. And these are um, prayers that were prayed for by disciples, and pray those prayers. These are things like Ephesians 3, 16 through 19. This is Paul, and he prayed this. He says, I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources— He will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide and how long and how high and how deep his love is. 
And may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Man, that's a good prayer, right? Right? Like that, I want to pray that into my life every day. Find these prayers and pray them into your life because you know that they're within God's will. Man, I know that there's days that, that from God's unlimited resources, I need empowered because I have nothing left to give. There's days when I don't feel loved and I don't feel like I can love others and I need to know God's love. This is a prayer from the Bible. We know that it's within God's will and if you pray that into your life, it will be answered. And another thing to have our prayers answered is you need to pray with faith. James 1, 6 says, and when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. And we talked about this last week. There's a guy who showed up to Jesus and was like, hey, Jesus, if you can heal my friend. And he said, if you can, like, I'm Jesus. What do you think? You know, we got to stop praying some of those ifs you can, Jesus. And, and because that's that, the divided of our faith. It's not in God alone. It's like, well, maybe you could do it. If not, let's see these other possibilities. You know, and, and it's like, let's pray it with faith. If you really believe God would answer your prayer, what would you pray? That's the kind of faith we're talking about. Also, our sins can be in the way of seeing answered prayers. James 5.16 says, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Now, some people use this verse to say, if you have sin in your life, God can't heal you. And I don't believe that's true at all. I think this, this doesn't matter like that because God does a lot of things for sinners, right? If you look through the Bible, there's all these people who are lost that Jesus shows up and heals. And then all of a sudden, like, yeah, I do want to follow you. I want to be a part of this. That's crazy, you know? And, and so God is, I mean, we're all here. He's still doing things for sinners, right? And Often what happens is we don't feel like we deserve it because of our sin. And so therefore it reflects in our faith. Because we go, God, I, I know I'm not worthy, but I could really use you today. And God's like, what? That's not faith in me. Right? When we confess our struggles to other people, we get it off our chest. And we can have full faith again. And finally, sometimes we just give up too soon in our prayers. Right? That last verse, it uses the word earnest prayers. It says that the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Right? Are your prayers really earnest? James continues in verse 17 and 18. He says, um, Elijah was as human as we are. Yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. And then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. Right? James is referencing the story of Elijah that's found in 2 Kings 18. And we're going to look at verses 42 through 44 to see what this earnest prayer was. And it says, Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel, and he bowed low to the ground, and he prayed with his face between his knees. Then he said to his servant, go and look out towards the sea. And the servant went and looked and returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. Seven times Elijah told him to go and look. Finally, the seventh time, his servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. Then Elijah shouted, hurry to Ahab and tell him, climb into your chariot and go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. Even though he saw nothing, he prayed seven more times. Even though there was no effect, there was no change, he went on. And then he took the smallest little sign as God has heard my prayer. 
and walked in that faith. Sometimes we just need to be persistent to see God move, to be earnest. I think he just wants to see how devoted we really are. If you really have faith, he's got to do it. If you pray and you look up and nothing's changed, God's like, let's see that faith. I'll pray again. I believe God's going to do this. Don't give up. You know, unless you know you're praying for something outside the will of God, then just stop. You know, it's just pointless talking. God just like, come on, child. Like, get this together. In just a moment, I'm going to have you guys partner up with one other person and pray for each other. Not in big groups. I just want one person. But what I want you to do is I want you to ask that other person what their needs are in life. And just how can I be praying for you and how can I pray for you right now? And if they say they don't have anything, you can pray for them to stop lying. Um, but um, no, but seriously, you know, maybe, maybe they can't think of something in the moment. Um, pray that God would just continue to take care of their needs for their, for their general health, for provision, for depth in, in their spiritual walk. But I also want you to really listen when they're sharing. So you pray for the right kind of hearing, you know. But if you remember last year, we talked about spiritual gifts, and we're talking about praying for one another and um, how God speaks to us, and Dee, Dee talked about this as well. And before you pray for them, I want you to take a moment, because this is part of prayer, and say, God, what are some of these thoughts you have about them or about this situation that they need help with? And if you hear or see or feel anything, like a, a picture, maybe a scripture, maybe it's a song or just a word or different things, share that with them. All right, and then... Pray for them, right? Remember, it doesn't have to be long. It's just in whatever language you speak. It doesn't need to be fancy. It doesn't need to be anything. Just take those requests and put them up to the God that you have faith in that he will come and change these things, right? So again, three steps. Ask if they have a prayer request. Listen to it. Take a moment to listen to God and then pray for them, right? Partner up. Let's go. God, we just uh, thank you so much for that you want to have a relationship with us. That we thank you that, that you're not a God that is just existing far away, but that you want to have this connection with us and, and hear from us about everything in our lives. God, not just the bad things, but the good things. And you, you wait for us to come and talk with you and you want to speak to us, Lord. And I pray that you would just give us the ability to make time for this. You know, that you would remind us that, hey, I, I still want to talk with you and that we would take time to put these things before you, and that we would sit and wait for you to speak to us, God. And I pray that we would see things happening because of our prayers, and that we would hear from you during our time of praying with you, Lord, and that our lives would be radically shifted and changed. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. Go. Remain in Jesus today. This isn't the only time you should pray. All right. Keep praying. So be it. So be it.